From COK Studios in Brooke Gladstone's garden, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Mata Magolis. On today's show, we'll consider a full recap of this weekend's royal wedding live from London. We'll also consider some listener questions in a special Ask Alex edition of Consider Your Health. And we'll consider that I am not throwing away my shot. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Dottie Dimple Foundation, enriching lives by promoting the art of sock puppetry in schools. Visit SockPuppets.org to receive a free sock and two buttons. And Rusty's Kids, an indoor summer camp for pale children with weak ankles. To find out if your child's ankles are weak enough to join us for easy indoor activities like chess and boondoggle, come to our open house on May 30th. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Mata Magolis. Millions of people around the world tuned in on Saturday to watch the wedding of Britain's Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It was a beautiful and star-studded event that took place in St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle. Beyond the pageantry and royal stagecraft of this fairy tale wedding, there was a genuine story about a changing Britain, a complicated American family, a woman of mixed racial background joining the royal family, a resilient monarchy, and the redemption of a wayward prince. We can explore all of those complex facets of the marriage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, or we can talk about who was there, what people wore, and all the completely superficial parts of the wedding itself. Ooh, let's do that. Joining us now from London to give us their thoughts on the royal wedding are COK's senior monarchy correspondent, Cordell Nutbrock, and designer and stylist to the stars, Peter Grigio. Thanks for joining us, guys. Greetings! Hi there! Cordell, how did this royal wedding compare to others? Well, Marta, it was a little less formal than the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana, or the wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. And this one had more American touches, seeing as Miss Markle is an American. For example, Bishop Michael Bruce Curry, the first African-American presiding bishop of the American Episcopal Church, was one of the officiants. Also, there were people all over Windsor and London wearing American flag-themed outfits mixed in with Union Jack-inspired items. The Queen reportedly wore American flag underpants as a sign of her support for her new granddaughter-in-law. I see. Were you able to see much of the goings-on around Windsor Castle on Saturday? Not really. There was a rather large woman in a Union Jack slanket that blocked my view of the parade route. I could just see a very small strip of what appeared to be Megan's earlobe as the carriage went through town. It was a lovely earlobe, by the way. I'm sure it was. I did get to chat with Lady Petunia Chatsworth, who is one of the longtime friends of the royal family, and here's what she had to say about the nuptials. As a long-time friend of the royal family, I am honoured to be here on this momentous day. It saddens me, though, that my close personal friend, the late Princess Diana, cannot be here in person to see her younger son marry this lovely young lady, who actually reminds me of Diana herself. I know she's here in spirit with me, as she always is. She truly was the people's princess. 
Yes, quite. Uh, do you have any thoughts for Prince Harry and Meghan on their special day? If only Diana were here. I miss her so. I was just remarking to my dear, dear friend, one of Diana's dear, dear friends, Sir Elton John, how she truly was a candle in the wind. I know if she were here she would be so proud of Harry, as we all are. It was so tragic to have her taken from us. She truly was the people's princess. So no thoughts for the happy couple then? Cherish these times, because life is short, much like the all-too-short life of my dear, 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 dear Diana. I think of her every moment of every day. England's rose, gone before her time. All of those people using her image to get attention in the media, just awful. So tragic, so, so tragic. Did I mention that we were best friends? She used to summer at my cottage in Vickinghamshire before she was tragically killed. We loved her so. Dear Diana, she truly was the people's princess. Thank you, Lady Chatsworth. Well, there you have it, Marta. Peter, I know you were excited about the guests at the wedding. Who was there? Well, the guest list was a real who's who of big names, Marta. George and Amal Clooney were there. So was Serena Williams. Idris Elba, yum. The Beckhams were there as well. Victoria looked amazing in a navy blue sack dress that really accentuated her razor-sharp collarbones and resting bitch face. There were also some B-list stars that Megan worked with on her TV show Suits. I was going to learn who they were, but then I just went on living my life. Anyone else? James Blunt and James Corden were there for some reason. I guess Harry likes carpool karaoke. I don't I don't know. Tom Hardy was there as well. Again, yum. A bunch of Prince Harry's ex-girlfriends. Awkward. And let's not forget Sir Elton John. He was there so that Elizabeth II didn't have to be the only old queen at the wedding. <laughs> uh. Oh, and the queen was there. Duh. I can't believe I forgot her. Obviously, the queen was there. She's the matriarch of the royal family. No, I meant Oprah. She looked stunning in a rose-colored dress and a hat. Oprah is the closest thing we have to royalty in this country. She just had to be there. Fair enough. Were there any dresses that stood out to you besides Oprah's? There were, but after we've already discussed Oprah, everything else is going to be a massive letdown. So now... I will say that I really liked Megan's dress. It was designed by British designer Claire Waite Keller, who last year became the first woman to serve as artistic director to Givenchy. She wore a more form-fitting white dress to the reception that was Stella McCartney. I tried to get her to wear one of my designs for the wedding, but I think I have her wrong email. Whoever told me it was hotprincessmegkkg at hotmail.com was a liar. That's too bad. We appreciate your insights on the wedding. That was Cordell Nutwalk and Peter Guigio live from London. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to our Consider Your Health series. Alex Truman is back with us, and she'll be taking some of your questions in a special Ask Alex edition. Good to see you, Alex. Happy to be back, Cutter. So I have to ask, did you watch The Royal Wedding, Alex? 
I wasn't planning to, but I had a particularly bad case of acid reflux the other night, so I was up at 4 a.m. when the wedding started. I ended up watching the whole thing. It was just stunning. I'm happy for the Duke and Duchess, but I hope that no royal maladies affect their children. Like what? Oh, centuries of inbreeding have made many royal families subject to a variety of ghastly genetic problems, Connor. While I doubt that will be a problem for Harry and Meghan, I'd hate to see their kids be hemophiliacs or something like that. Yeah, that's not good. As someone with very mild hemophilia, I could say that it is problematic when your blood doesn't coagulate very quickly. I wish the happy couple nothing but the best. Well, let's go ahead and take our first listener question. Larry is on the line from Memphis. Hello, Larry. Hi, Alex. I read somewhere that the U.S. birth rate is way down. Do we need to be concerned about that? Well, there were 3,853,472 births in the U.S. in 2017, which is down 2% from 2016, and the lowest number in 30 years, according to the CDC. These results put the U.S. further away from a viable replacement rate, the standard for a generation being able to replicate its numbers, so it is a little concerning. I thought so. Man, that's rough. What can be done about it? The U.S. birth rate is still above countries such as Spain, Greece, Japan, and Italy, but the gap appears to be closing a bit now. If you're really worried, I guess you could have a bunch of kids. My wife and I already have 16 children, and we're taking all kinds of hormones so that she can have four or five the next time she gets pregnant. Whoa, that is very aggressive. I hope that you and your wife are taking care to be safe as you have so many children. Oh, yeah. We pray about it a lot. Uh, that That's not what I meant. If you're really interested, you can see us all on our new show on TLC, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, 40 Kids or Bust. Oh, God, that's horrifying. That's just what our last three doctors said. But we can't let those other countries overtake us in our birth rate. Maybe think about adoption instead. We will. Once my wife turns 55 and can't have any more of her own. Uh, that's enough. That's what our new doctor said. Thanks for the call, Larry. Our next question is an email from Bernice, and she wants to know why it's so cold all the time. I should mention that she's 93 years old. Well, Bernice, uh, you're old, and that's why you're cold all the time. It's known as a thinning of the blood, and as someone with mild hemophilia, I understand how it feels to have thin blood and be cold all the time. Are you cold right now? I am freezing. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. It, it, it's fine. I'm used to it. We have one last email from Mia in Philadelphia who wants to know if the recent report that says frozen produce is as good for you as fresh is true or not. Oh, yes it is, Mia. Frozen produce already has several factors going for it. Its affordability and its convenience, for one. And given that the typical American family tosses out about $1,500 worth of food yearly, frozen foods, which have a much longer shelf life, help cut back on waste. That's very true. Also, the development of products such as veggie tots are a nice alternative to carbohydrate-heavy tater tots that can spike blood sugar. I know I have to be careful as a pre-diabetic, so I have enjoyed the healthier options when it comes to my tot intake. Well, we all want a healthy tot. Oh, I'm always on the lookout for a healthier tot, Cotter. Well, thanks for coming by and answering the listeners' questions, Alex. My pleasure. That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman.
Now it's time for our weekly Big Little Win segment. Kudos to Meghan Markle, now the Duchess of Sussex, who remembered to put a couple of breath mints in her mouth right before her wedding ceremony on Saturday. There's nothing more embarrassing than kissing the love of your life with coffee breath. We're sure that your husband, the Duke of Sussex, appreciated this royal Big Little Win. Our other Big Little Win comes from Melania at Bethesda Naval Hospital, who got away from her gross husband and his ridiculous codway of family and sycophants by faking a kidney ailment. All the west and relaxation you got from a few days at the hospital while you recuperated from your fake surgery made a huge difference. Well done, Melania. If you or someone you know has a big little win, share it with us on Facebook or Twitter. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, you can always check out our website, considerourknowledge.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow. If you want to download the podcast, you can do so at iTunes or at Stitcher.com. A special thanks today to Libby Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Well, we have one last email from Mia in Philadelphia who wants to know if the recent report that says frozen produce is as good for you as fresh. That sentence is really good. <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? <sighs>